It's all about Southampton. The So So Show with Zoe Hansen and Simon Clark. Hello and welcome to The So So Show with Visit Southampton. It's a weekly look at life in the city hosted by her, Zoe Hansen. And him, Simon Clark. Now, this week's a bit different because we're just having a little look back on 2021. What a year, hey? It's been crazy, but we've picked out some of our favourite bits from the So So Show from this year. At the moment, we are just kicking the rubbish out of each other because everybody wants their spot on the team. Whenever I go back to Southampton, especially to Hyde, I'm just struck by how gorgeous the night sky is. So I shot my hand up and said, I'll have a go. A city to be proud of, that they can grow up in, that they can grow old in and have a cracking good time. The story goes that I heard they were filming in Southampton, but I didn't know where and I didn't really know when. And then one Thursday afternoon, a friend of mine said that they were in Ocean Village. So I sort of ran into the living room and and said to my little, right, come on, quick. If you want to go and see Stephen Mulhern, get your shoes on a bit sharp, right? And we just chased out of the house and down to Ocean Village. And they they were sort of situated just in front of Banana Wharf and Pitcher and Piano, right down on that little bit there. We sort of stood around watching him and, you know, my little one's a big fan. So she was really wanting to say hello and get an autograph and that sort of thing. After we'd stood there for about half an hour, I realised that they were working really hard. They were filming lots of people doing this challenge where they have to pick a bucket to go over their head. If it's got water in it, no money. If it's got confetti in it, you win 50 quid, right? So lots of people taking part in this. And then... Stephen Mulhern sort of spots somebody in the audience and he's like, oh, mate, do you want to take part? And this guy's like, nah, nah, nah. So I shot my hand up and said, I'll have a go because I realised that that was the only way that my little one was going to meet Stephen Mulhern, who she thinks is bigger than the Queen and better than the Queen, you know? Right, okay. So I go on to this TV show. We record for about 10 minutes, really, and he's taking the mick out of the fact that we play all of the games and all of the challenges at home. Like the bucket of water over the head is one that we play in the bath. We do the parking challenge where you've got to make sure you're parked within the lines. And she always, in a car park, she'll always get out of the car and go, you wouldn't have won the money. (laughs) (laughs) Do you do the after eight one as well? Yes, that's it. So it starts off on your forehead and you've got to shake it down your face and into your mouth. We've done that one a few times. So, So I went and took part in it. Now, I reckon that they must have filmed at least 30 people and I was just very, very lucky to get onto the show on Saturday night. So there we are in the starting sequence of the show. My phone started going ping, 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 ping. I've just seen you. If you didn't see it, what happened was... I got three buckets of water over my head. I chose the wrong numbers. I didn't get the confetti. I didn't get the money. But because we'd raced out of the house so quickly, I hadn't thought about taking part. So I turn up in a white dress (laughs) and obviously three buckets of water later, it's gone quite see-through. And what they did on the Saturday night show was they pixelated everything out. Southampton's podcast, The So So Show. You know what I really miss is when we come together as a squad at a tournament, we, we all support each other and we're all 
you know, like a big unit and we're there and we've got each other's backs and it's this amazing environment. Yeah. At the moment, we are just kicking the rubbish out of each other because everybody wants their spot on the team. So it's great, <laughs> but I miss it when we're all just friends. We're all competitive and this is elite sport, isn't it? So everybody wants their lineups to be playing at the Paralympics. So no, it's not that we're just like being mean to each other. It's just, it's part of the process. But, you know, I just haven't been to a tournament for such a long time that just, you forget what it's like when you've actually got each other's backs. Of course. And there must be that frustration as well that, come on, we, we, we really want this and it should have happened. So I suppose you were you were training right up until they said, OK, it's not going to happen this year. We had a tournament in January last year and our CEO came to speak to us, as he often does when we're all together. And I remember him saying, um, there's a chance we won't be going to the test event in March. And we were all going, nah, rubbish, you won't cancel the test event. And then... Well, you know, the rest of the story quite quickly, it all snowballed. And next thing you know, the, the games got cancelled. But you don't go around cancelling the biggest sporting event in the world. That happens every four years like clockwork. It was massive. So, yeah, it, it's been tough. But I need to say something, though. It is just sport. And I get it that people have been through some horrendous situations with COVID. So I absolutely get that. But at the same time, it was tough. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's, you know, it's your life's work, really. That's what you do, you know. Everything was focused around... Um, peaking at that moment in August everything I, I was having a dry year I wasn't going to drink anything I was putting plans in place when I was going to get to see my daughters because I was going to be away so much and everything was designed to peak at that moment everything my training the lot and it just got cancelled overnight and I was a bit lost but we all stuck together and we all we all worked for it and you know we're coming out the other side and we hope to win a medal this year yes yes and you got to have a drink <laughs> yeah yeah let's not mention that but yeah I did that went out the window pretty quickly <laughs> I haven't had one since January though we're all finding our way through it <laughs> yeah we have a bottle of gin in your hand yeah so giving thanks um, what's your involvement in this the team approached me way back when and said and, and told me about it as a concept or as an idea and I was on board straight away I'm a massive believer in like you know creating your own opportunities in life and, and being thankful for what we have you know and um, I get, get quite upset when I see people on social media just moaning about everything all the time I think about deleting all my social media accounts at times because it's so ridiculous that's why I thought this was such a great project and such a great idea just to give thanks for the, the things around us that we're thankful for right spoke to the team and um you know we, we were bouncing around ideas and things and, and I, I just kind of came out and said the thing i'd like to say i'm thankful for is my disability and they were kind of like looked at me and you know a bit unsure and then i explained you know because i became an amputee when i was 15 and i consider that probably one of the worst and best things that's ever happened to me Worse for obvious reasons, but best because it, it's given me a completely different outlook on life and created some absolutely amazing opportunities for me. I guess with the COVID thing as well, point out that, you know, life can be tough at times and it has its twists and turns, but, you know, there's still things to be thankful for. There's always something to be thankful for. This has been a hellish year, I think, for probably everybody. But I think there's always, even in that, even in, you know, the darkest of days, there's something to be thankful for. Oh, absolutely. And you've got to try and find those things. Otherwise, you drive yourself mad or you'd be like one of those people moaning on social media. Yeah, about the bins in Totten. Bins in Totten. <laughs> exactly. I mean, is it really, really that bad? That's the worst <laughs> thing that's happened in your day. You're not having a bad day, you know? And right. <laughs> so I felt like I'm really getting on my high horse here. I'm not. No, I love it. I love it. We all have those things that, you know, annoy us, but... 
you know, you've just got to be thankful and think about the, the great things that you've got and be, you know, thankful for the things that you've got around you as well because, you know, you never know where it's all going to stop. It's all about Southampton. The So So Show. This podcast has made an appearance on Radio 4 Extra's podcast radio hour. How amazing is that? And how did it happen? And why has it happened? Well, we caught up with co-presenter Chris Pearson, who told us how we ended up featuring in this week's edition of the show. So Podcast Radio Hour is a programme every week on Radio 4 Extra. What we try and do is we try and meet people who make great podcasts and we recommend great podcasts as well so we often have lots of interviews to kind of get behind the scenes on how really nice podcasts are put together and we recommend loads of different podcasts as well we love doing it because podcasting is such a such a huge world that's filled with so many different like diverse voices and people and ideas and perspectives and to be able to collate some of those and present them to people as recommended listening is it's an absolute treat. It's a lovely thing to make. Where did the idea for the tour that you've included us in come from? Yeah, so this was an idea that was put together by my co-producer, Laura. And partly it's because it's the bank holiday weekend, although uh, it's quite. I think some people it's quite easy to forget that because everything's so strange at the moment. The challenge for us is always to get out of London because it would be very easy for us to make an edition of the programme every week that just featured podcasts that were not necessarily even all about London, but were just made you know made in London and it would be very easy to fall into that trap and we are always very kind of consistently focusing on trying to get out of London and to make sure we highlight you know the UK as a whole because there's such amazing podcasts coming from all all over what if we just try try to do a really jam-packed episode and it is very jam-packed for us there's a lot going on where we just try to hear podcasts from all across the united kingdom um and i think we've managed it so yeah it was lovely to lovely to discover a podcast from southampton for sure um and to feature it because i have the southampton connection and um it's not a city that always gets loads of exposure so it was uh yeah a really treat to kind of feature you guys amongst you know 28 or so um other brilliant podcasts so tell me about your southampton connection then i take it you were born in the area yeah so i would normally tell people i was born in i was born in southampton because not a lot of people know where hythe is but i was actually born in hythe which is of course just across the water from southampton uh jump on the hythe ferry and away you go or take the old uh blue star number nine or other bus services well to be fair I haven't taken that bus in a little while, so it might be numbered something differently now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was born in Hythe in the New Forest, and Southampton was the sort of place that we went to nominally for kind of shopping or musical events. Um, musical events are basically really old, normally for shopping <laughs> or for gigs or for big films and stuff as well, um, as the way to kind of get out of Hythe um, and see something kind of in a, in a big city. But yeah, I haven't had as many opportunities as I'd like to go back, um, of course, because various things that have been going on in the last year it makes it a bit more difficult to travel but I do I do miss it and I re- I really miss being so near the water that's like a really big thing for me is being able to see you know being able to see the water and we we have that in London with the with the Thames and it but it's just it just doesn't quite hit the same you know I really just miss oh, yeah I do miss it a lot and the other thing I really miss about Southampton <laughs> sorry to uh you know um go on a bit but this is probably the show to do it on is like Whenever I go back to Southampton, especially to Hyde, I'm just struck by how gorgeous the night sky is. And I always try to make the time to look up and just enjoy how clear the atmosphere of the sky is. Because in London, 
it's a lovely city there's so much great stuff going on but the air pollution just means it's really hard to see stuff but you know don't get that in the new forest don't get that in southampton but you do get lots of panicky 999 calls whenever they're burning off the gases at Fawley <laughs> and the sky turns orange yeah 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 the so so show i've ticked something off the list this week i've had my jab i've had my first jab how did that go and i feel awful <laughs> I'm going to try and get through this, but my eyes aren't even open. (laughs) Oh, dear. So when I had my jab, I was absolutely fine. I did the thing that I was told by by a former boss of mine, actually. Yeah. He said, oh, if you haven't had your jab yet, when you go, take some paracetamol before you go and it'll help. Yeah, yeah. So I did. And I was absolutely fine. Didn't have any side effects. About 24 hours later, I started to feel like I was coming down with something. So I took some more paracetamol and I was absolutely fine. You know that tip about taking paracetamol you know that's normally for waxing (laughs) (laughs) but I've I've got a bit of a problem with this because um I I didn't feel bad after you know 12 hours or so after um having the jab but but today I feel pretty um and tonight I'm supposed to be going to the orange rooms reopening so going down there and tasting their new cocktails and stuff and I'm like Oh, gosh, I don't know if I could drink any alcohol at all. So you're actually feeling like you would probably do in 24 hours time now. Yeah, exactly. Can I just move it? Can we just move like the reopening (laughs) just for me, please? So if this is going to be your first time out out in a very long time, how much time have you devoted to choosing your outfit? Well, this is it, right? There's a lot of pressure, isn't there? Because you're like, okay, it's first night out. Um, I want to be comfortable, but I want to sort of glam up really but you know I was thinking ball dress might be just a little bit over the top I was speaking to somebody this week who for the for their first out out is going to speak to Wren Kitchens about putting a new kitchen in and he's thinking of wearing a tux because he's like I've got to make the most of this I've thought about the outfit and stuff but actually there's only one thing you need to think about isn't there I know it's warm in the daytime, but if you're sat around in the evening, it's freezing. So you need to know which coat to wear. (laughs) Southampton's podcast, The So So Show. When you call it city of culture, so if I say to my mates, okay, culture, they go, boring, right? (laughs) And and I, I don't know how you would put it, but I've sort of tried to explain it as in, Culture is going to a festival. Culture is being proud of your city. Culture is a sense of community and a sense of belonging. How do you see it? I'm kind of like your classic free school meals kid you know, grew up in the inner city. If I'm being honest, I grew up thinking that the world of culture wasn't for me. I thought it was posh theatres and art yeah. galleries, yeah. and it's just, you know, it's not what I do. And ironically, it wasn't until a few years ago when I became the cabinet member for culture that I realised culture is whatever you need it to be. I actually grew up with so much culture, I just didn't define it as culture. And I think that's the beauty of going for something like UK City of Culture, because it gives us an opportunity to redefine what culture is to us. You know, what is Southampton's culture? Is it all marching to St Mary's on a football day, you know, and those poetic football chants, you know? (laughs) Is it being in the pub and listening to your mate sing questionably well? Is it, you know... Is that me at karaoke? (laughs) We should go out and and see. (laughs) Test test each other out. Maybe we should do a duet. 
right, this oh is it. God. We are so on this. You know who we should do? Either um, Cleopatra coming at you or um, Shampoo. Uh, oh, oh, my God. Yeah, it's a date. We can put it in the UK City of Culture programme when the judges come. We can see Oh, her. my <laughs> gosh. And you know what's happening at the beginning of next year? This should be included in the City of Culture. Oh, absolutely. There is Barioke. Barry from wow. EastEnders is hosting karaoke right here in Southampton. Oh my God, we're there. <laughs> I'm there. I love it. Right, we'll sort out some wigs and we're going down there. We're going to smash it, mate. Yeah, I mean, culture is, you know, it's what makes life worth living. If the pandemic showed me and kind of the people I know anything, it's kind of, I notice how people really prioritise on the things that kept them going, mm. and so much of that, whether that was like, you reading the book you never got round to, or that Netflix series, or you know, the Zoom quizzes that started off as a really good idea, and then near the end of lockdown you wanted to gouge out your eyes <laughs> but like, that is all culture and you know, you know, whatever our culture is, and you know, our, the team have kind of spent so much of their time um, doing consultation with all different communities, with in Southampton in every single ward to ensure that people have the opportunity to tell us what for them is most important to them and what culture is to them. So this isn't about just art galleries and theatres. This is about what is meaningful to the people of Southampton and how do we make it world-class and a possibility so it offers future generations a city to be proud of, that they can grow up in, that they can grow old in and have a cracking good time. It's all about Southampton. The So So Show. Stacey Dooley, Sleeps Over, has started a new series on W Channel and she was in Hamble. She goes and stays with different people and sort of sees different sides of life and whatever. And this lady in Hamble was a what's called a trad wife, a traditional wife doing all the traditional wifely duties and it's just really interesting sort of finding out how that family works and um on which levels and all of that stuff but what was really interesting is because it's in Hamble every bit of it you're looking at it and going I know there they had a wedding reception in the king and queen do I know anyone (laughs) and you're watching them sort of walk around the town and thing is with Hamble any faces that you may have seen before you won't recognize from the state that you're normally in when you're in Hamble (laughs) good point well made the so so show and you are the person responsible for all the Mr Men mosaics all around town aren't you yeah I am several years ago we had two art tracks one of them was called Go Rhinos and the other one was Zany Zebras so I was really privileged to be able to do a rhino uh, which got bought by the bass player of Status Quo which was really cool which one was yours then? Uh, mine was called um, in Rhino Mental and it was basically green I did it in all of the green tiles so it looked like it was made out of jade or emerald or whatever so it looked really, really I really liked it. It's stunning. And I get to see him every year because um, John gets me to come up and uh, repair the feet because they're, they're not, they weren't really designed to be out in the weather all the time. So I just go up and, you know, if there's any right. tunnels that have come off. This is not a real it's... rhino, just in case anybody was worrying. <laughs> yeah. This is not a real rhino. He's not going to repair real rhino yeah, no, feet. No rhinos died during the making. Clipping the toenails. <laughs> 
<laughs> Absolutely. So you were involved with the zebras and the rhinos. Yeah, that's right. But the thing is, as art trails, they didn't really last very long. They were brilliant. People, they brought people to the city. Yeah. Uh, and it's really good. And actually, you know, from a business point of view, if you attract people to your city, on average, every person spends about 20 quid. Right. On average, if right. they come for a visit. So if you can get 20,000 people to come to your city to be able to have a look around at some rhinos and art trails and whatever, then you're boosting the economy yeah. as well as providing a good, you know, a good couple of days out for people. Absolutely. And I remember going and getting the map and following the trail and going to see all the zebras and all the rhinos. Awesome. And taking the kids. I think at one point we put them in a shopping trolley because they didn't want to walk anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it, was, it, was, it was a really hot one, especially with the, with the yeah. rhinos. It was baking hot. I did half the trail and all that stuff. These kids were going home. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen I've, I've spent 150 hours building one I don't want to do anymore I can't even be bothered to go and see mine <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah <laughs> let's wait for a rainy day kids so <laughs> so uh, after that um, they obviously all got auctioned off and that was really good but it basically meant there was a, there was a sort of like a vacuum there and I thought well, actually what our city needs is we need some permanent kind of art trails we want permanent stuff that people can go oh what's that about so I literally just started I started off doing doing the Mr. Men because we were fostering at the time and the lad I was uh, we were fostering I was reading him the Mr. Men books right and I thought these 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 artworks lend themselves very well to mosaics because they're quite simple and you know very you know stand out so I thought I know what I'll just do the front covers if I just do the front covers as mosaics I can start sticking them around the city at at places where it's quite busy you know traffic lights and where there's large footfall so people would stop in their cars for traffic lights look over and go why is there a Mr. Rush there? Yeah. You know, and, and it just caused people to go, what's that about? And I, I wasn't actually expecting it to turn into what it's turned into. And effectively, it's, 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 it's now become kind of like a thing. There are, there are running groups that use my mosaics as milestones for their runs because they're like, Brilliant. I'm just going to run to the next one. It gives me a focus so that I'm not thinking, yeah. oh, one foot in front of the other. I'm thinking, right, I'm going to get to Mr. Happy, then Mr. Impossible, then down to Woodmill to Mr. Small, and then over to Bit. So then they're, they're doing that. That kind of thing and then you've got family groups going out as well i've got i've got to tell you about this i've got a number one fan right who's a little lad called river he is so cool right <laughs> i met up with him so that he could have a photograph of me next to my next to one of the mosaics that i'd, that I'd installed right and his dad said to me he is so excited for, to, to meet me apparently he's got all the mr men books at home and what he does he goes around the house Blue tacking them to the walls and pretend and, and wiping <laughs> them down as though he the same way that I wipe my mosaics down after I've installed them. So it's kind of like he's just like he's. Just <laughs> Southampton's podcast, the So So Show. So that's what we've been up to in 2021 on the So So Show with Visit Southampton. Hopefully, you'll join us for more in 2022. And you've been brilliant this year, letting us know about all of the events that are going on, anything that's happening around your neighbourhood, around Southampton. And we've thoroughly enjoyed it, haven't we, Simon? We absolutely have. Happy New Year, Zoe. Happy New Year, Simon. And Happy New Year to you too. You've been listening to Zoe Hanson and Simon Clark on Southampton's podcast, The So So Show.